Hi, this is Jordan Lytle, and welcome back to the Collected Nonsense Podcast, a podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. With me, I have my co-host, Zachary Bruno, as always. How are you doing, Zachary? Hey, pretty good. How are you, man? Tired, but good. Awesome. What have you been up to this week? There's kind of been a lot going on, actually. Um, I've been trying to collaborate and uh, finish up some, wrap up a couple songs that I'm working on with a friend in Montana. Um, I think I might have mentioned that last time, but things are going pretty good. Um, actually, right now I'm just waiting to get the piano tuned so that I can record, do one more take with the piano. Um, I think it's going to sound a lot better with a tuned piano, not only because it just, it's going to be tuned, but I think in general, pianos tend to resonate a lot better when it's tuned. So, um, probably sound a lot fuller and stuff. So, but yeah, it's just kind of been, um, kind of been the, the latest music news, I guess. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've been pretty busy as well. I'm just, uh, finishing up stuff with work and trying to get the last couple podcasts edited after all the vacation stuff. So these may end up all coming out in quick succession, but hopefully we'll be back to releasing them once a week Sweet. after this. I just don't want to delay them any more than I already have. So we'll see. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't been doing a, a ton outside of work stuff the past couple of weeks. Uh, what have you been listening to this week? If anything, you know, um, the, the band that I kind of really am, digging right now is 21 pilots um they just okay it's not something that uh i don't know it's just kind of i guess i go through different different bands occasionally but 21 pilots a lot um they're really cool and really uh i don't know i just like i tend to like their whatever they do with their synths and uh production side of stuff it's just it's like so weird and so amazing and so awesome because it's so weird um because the it's it's not pop i guess but it it kind of is <laughs> it's just not like the typical pop you hear on the radio because it's so like they use so many different like weird synth sounds and they don't really follow any rules and such so that's kind of why I like it. Because it's almost like like alt pop or something like that, alternative it's i think it's yeah they call it uh I forget the term that they term it, but it, it is kind of, I guess. It's not, it doesn't really follow in, under one specific category because, I mean, they do everything from like reggae to, um, to like regular pop to, I mean, I can't even, I don't even know. Like, it's so out there, but they put all of it onto one album and it sounds cohesive. Like, it sounds like it should fit together which is the cool part and i think i kind of look up to them in a way because what they do is they kind of break all the rules of music like you should only have you know one style on one album no they don't do that you know you should only have this type of this type of instrumentation it shouldn't be like weird and because it it's kind of weird to hear or whatever. No, they just completely throw everything to the wayside. And they just, to me, it seems like they follow the simple rule that if it sounds good, it probably is. And they don't really care um, if it doesn't 
like fit with any of the other songs because i think the real premise is like if they create the song and it's from their heart then it, and it means something to them then it would mean something to somebody else and it fit off should fit together anyway it's all about finding your audience but yeah it's one thing that i definitely appreciate like i haven't listened to a ton of their stuff i need to go listen to some more of it but one of the things that i appreciate is the the diversity of styles just and the fact that they're just doing their own thing and not uh, not working too hard to stick into one particular genre um, speaking of genres it, uh the it looks like they call themselves alternative hip hop or electro pop. Yeah, so, I could see that making sense. Yeah. They also qualify as indie pop. So, what's up? They also qualify uh, they also uh they're also indie pop. Indie pop. Yeah, that that was the Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. But at the end of the day, genres really only only useful to help you describe a band not true not define it well i think that there's probably some monetary um incentive for the label but too and i'm surprised that they've been successful well i'm not surprised but i'm surprised that whoever signed them has been okay with them being whoever they want to be pretty much and and doing their own thing and not really trying to like quantize all of the the music into one specific genre. I'm surprised that the label actually let them do that. But I'm not yeah, surprised that they're times, successful doing that. A lot of times, like, the most successful bands tend to stick to one distinct style and one one genre. Another artist that I appreciate that has a really diverse style that I know I've mentioned on here before is Miracle Sound. I mean, he just released... So he does a, stuff in a variety of styles. He just released a metal album a little while back, and then he just re- released a song uh, on the 24th, which is called Going Nuclear, which is in like this 50s rock and roll style, and it's uh, you know it's his Fallout 4 song, which is really good. I'll probably link it in the description, actually. Uh, really is good. it a cover? or? No, no, no. It's a song that he wrote just you know themed around fallout 4 uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. And that, nuclear fallout the artist fallout. okay so for the listeners if you don't know miracle of sound is the artist that we've talked about previously about how he makes songs inspired by games correct yes okay yeah it's a guy by the name of gavin dunn from ireland i thought for a second there that you were saying that he actually made a song for the game no, I really, I, I kind of hope that they just either include it or somebody mods it in because it'd be perfect for the in-game radio. So he wrote it before the game officially came out. It's not out yet, right? No, it's not. So how did he get like access to it? Oh, I mean, he just wrote it based on the themes of the game, like which is what he normally does. So, you know, there were three previous games, or four really. So he's kind of took the themes. I mean, the basic theme is that there was a nuclear fallout. Ah, uh, okay. And so that's what, you know, that's what the song is themed around. Not uh, not around the storyline of the actual game necessarily. Which is the premise. That makes sense. Although typically he doesn't release songs before the game comes out. Maybe but he wanted he's a huge it to be in the, the game so much. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he'd be cool with that. I, I don't think that's why he released it now. I think he just released it now because he was really excited about Fallout and decided to write a song. And then it just happened to be done. There was no reason to hold on to it longer than he needed to. 
Mm. So, but yeah, definitely go listen to that. It's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, so do we have? Oh, go ahead. What's that? Do we have a band of the week? We this do week? have a band of the week. I was just about to ask if you wanted to, if we wanted to do that. Um, yeah, we can go ahead and go, all right. jump into that. So band of the week band you should listen to is drum roll Reliant K. All right. So Jordan, you're going to probably know a lot more of this band than I probably do. Um, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've listened to them. Okay. Well, I would assume. I would assume so. I mean, I've listened to a bunch of their songs, but I don't really know like that much behind the artists. Um, I don't know. But there's not really. I I have a feeling this is gonna be gonna be a short description of the band because this is not something that I uh, usually when I really am in love with a band, I'm gonna like go behind all the artists and the players in the band and like figure out you know like what their story is and stuff. I honestly don't really know Reliant K's story. Um, I don't really look up to the the band members that much, so it's not. This is not like a. I don't know. This is just a band of the week this time, so um, I don't know. I just check it out. Um, I kind of don't even know what genre it is. What would you say, rock? Yeah, it's alternative rock. Alternative so, rock uh, and like pop punk. Pop so according yeah, to punk. Wikipedia, they were formed in 1998 in Canton, Ohio, during their third year in high school. And their name, this is actually kind of interesting, they're named after the Plymouth Reliant K car, and they uh, misspelled the name intentionally to avoid tra- trademark infringement. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I always kind of wondered where their name came from. Huh. So if you were going to recommend one song... To go listen to like if somebody never listened to Reliant K before, which one would you recommend? Uh, and then I have one too, and I'll I'll mention one too. But all right, um, man, I I mean, <laughs> if I don't want to be cliche, like with the top songs that they they usually, I mean, you could go with "Be My Escape," which is like the most popular song of theirs, or you could go. With it's some... funny because I don't remember that one at all. Exactly, I know, and that's the thing that it's kind of ironic that a lot of the things, a lot of the songs that tend to be popular sometimes aren't the most memorable but uh, i think sadie hawkins dance is pretty cool yeah so the the other one that i would recommend because that's the, there are two that i remember of theirs distinctly it was sadie hawkins dance and mood rings mood rings yeah yeah are the main two yeah that one they're bo- those are both actually good songs that's really that's a good song that's funny yeah yeah they're very so witty and uh kind of tongue-in-cheek i guess which is i think one of isn't that one of their album names or yeah the anatomy of tongue-in-cheek so yeah yeah so they're kind of hit and miss for me like i like some of their songs but i don't i don't like them in general um just right it's not my, my thing but those two songs in particular are actually really good so definitely yeah definitely go listen to that now let's see um well, have you been listening to anything else as far as being, um, not really. What about you, man? Uh, let's see. Well, um, I went to Fort Worth this weekend, and we listened to a bunch of music on the way there and the way back. So we listened to 
a bunch more gaslight, of course. Uh, we listen to anything else. I mean, it's mostly gaslight and some meatloaf and, oh, I know what I listened to. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but the, let's see if I can remember the name. I think, hold on. Uh, the Traveling Wilburys. That's what it is. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Traveling Wilburys? I or, have, or have I mentioned them before? I don't think okay. so. So I cannot believe that I'd not known about this before. But the Traveling Wilburys was a supergroup consisting of Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison, and Tom Petty. As they recorded two albums in the 80s. And so, like... The only place I've been able to find it is on YouTube, so I'll have to actually link at least one of the songs, but it's really good. It's really interesting to hear the blend of different styles. So is that what you term, what did you say, a super group or something? Yeah, a super group, because it's just a bunch of different artists all, you know, coming together to form a different band just for a couple albums. So that is exactly what uh, the Postal Service is, if you remember from last week. Oh really? So that the Postal Service was uh, a supergroup that I think they did like two albums or one album, and they only toured like for a few years. But same concept, I guess. So that's cool. Didn't realize that's what it was called. Yeah. So it, I don't know. I, the Traveling Wilburys just have a really interesting sound because you know it's Bob Dylan and George Harrison of the Beatles, uh, Jeff Lynne of I think it's I think it's from ELO. Um, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, Electric Light Orchestra. Um Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. It's just the whole that blend of sounds is really interesting. And let's see, what's the song that I really like by them? There's one in particular that I really like. Uh it's Handle with Care. Which is a really good song. So yeah, definitely, definitely go listen to that. That's really good. Sweet, I'll have to go check that out. I guess I can't really find it on, seem to find yeah. it on Spotify, but it's on YouTube. I'll li- I'll link you a, I'll link you the song in the chat. Sweet, and so you can listen to it, and I'll I'll link one of their songs in the description too. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. I I don't think I've really been listening to much else though. I'm pretty busy, just a bunch of podcasts and stuff. Um. Yeah. Cool. So as far as like, um, I guess our band of the week is Reliant K, so you can go listen to that. I think I added some songs to the Collected Nonsense playlist, which you can find on Spotify. I should talk about, well, we've probably already talked about this enough, but Spotify, as far as like premium subscriptions go, there's a new thing. I'm just going to mention this briefly, but uh, we can link to it, link to the article in, uh, in the description, I guess, but there's a, a quick new, um, I guess there's a, there was an article I came across and it talked about basically fighting back for artist rights, uh, with Spotify because Spotify is not like, they're not paying their artists fairly and you can go, uh, listen to podcasts about it or research it. But basically, um, this article was, assigning a um i guess like a a month so it'd be like the month of september you'd go and listen to like your favorite artists 
um, nonstop on Spotify. Even when you weren't listening to it, you just like turn the volume down, just like hit play and shuffle. And obviously you kind of want to make sure that you're on Wi-Fi or you're, um, you've had this, <laughs> the songs downloaded and stuff, but like, just like, just repeat the songs infinitely for the whole month. Um, and it would basically, you'd basically make a statement. If everybody did it, Spotify would realize that, um, my mind's starting to draw blank now, but like, it's just really a way to, uh, I guess a protest, um, against Spotify's unfair artist rights. So I guess the, the weird thing about that is I think I saw something about that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know that may end up doing more harm than good. Cause I know when you do that with stuff like ads or where, you know, if you go to a particular channel and you just click on their ads a bunch, you're like, I'm giving you a bunch of money that actually hurts them because in a lot of cases they have, um, they have ways to track if a lot of, uh, if you get somebody who's just n- like constantly clicking on the same ad repeatedly. Right. Or if you get, you know, like in this case, people are just playing the same song on loop for a ridiculous amount of time. They'll just filter it out yeah, and not count it because it's like, I forget the exact term for it, but it's borderline fraudulent. Yeah. And like in, in some cases they'll just not count it. So I don't know if that'll actually help. It's, it's an interesting point and that's, I kind of didn't really want to talk about this for a long time because I, I hadn't had a chance to like really go in depth and see exactly what, uh, what it like I had, I think I had posted it a while ago, but I didn't really, um, I didn't take the time to memorize all of the information that the article was, uh, trying to explain. But I know that, um, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of there's shops and stuff that play Spotify like nonstop, but I guess they close you know, during the nighttime. So I don't know how Spotify would like figure that out and, and stuff like that, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating too. It, it may not be an issue with Spotify. I just know that with, you know, normal ads, they have ways of tracking stuff like that. And they, they tend to only count, you know, certain amounts. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Spotify is taking your, if Spotify decided to like take an artist's music down because because of that, that'd be kind of, I mean, in my mind, it'd be like bullets against Spotify. They just kind of, well, they wouldn't take the music down. The they just wouldn't, not all of them would count as like ad plays, but is that um, legal? Then Spotify's, well, uh, so what I was about to say was Spotify's models are different. It's not based on ad clicks or ad views. It's based on how, how long, how many times the song is played, right? Right. So it, it may not matter. Huh. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating. We need to look into it a little bit more. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more next. Yeah, week. that's a good idea. Huh. I think I I thought I'd seen something else about it too, but I guess I need to go back and look. Somebody was saying something about like the the uh, terms of service changing uh, or something. Interesting. All right, hold on. Let me just look that up real fast. Um, uh. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, there was an interesting uh, 
change in the uh, privacy agreement like last week that where it said, uh, with your permission, we may collect information stored on your mobile device, such as contacts, photos, and or media files, and so on. Um, so, uh, stuff like your location, and you know all sorts of different stuff. But that's okay. With your permission, does that mean you have to click a button saying "I accept"? Well, the usage of the app is considered. Accepting the user agreement. That's the way EULA's work. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I'll have to look at it. we'll have to look at that a little bit more, too. But that's a little bit concerning. So so is the, uh, the Windows 10 privacy agreement. Which is? Oh, yeah. So we should talk about this, actually, because this is a little bit different from most of the stuff. Um, So I will not be using Windows 10 because of this their privacy policy, which let me find a copy of it real fast. Um, the, the main thing is that they basically said that by using it, they're going to collect large amounts of uh, information about well hold on i'll find it i was under the impression that windows already did that on a regular basis and that was like usage information and stuff well there's a difference between usage information and some of this other stuff um let's see it's kind of everywhere i'm trying to find a the actual quote from it um okay so here's here's the actual policy quoted um We will access, disclose, and preserve personal data, including your content, such as the contents of your emails, other private communications, or files in private folders, when we have a good faith belief that doing so is necessary to protect our customers or enforce, enforce the terms governing the use of services. Um, also, their, you know, Cortana, which is their serial equivalent, can track your location. Um, they serve customized ads to you based on things that are on your hard drive. Uh, let's see if I can find another. Um, hmm. where is it? Yeah, there's there's some other. I'm trying to find. There was a few other quotes from the actual privacy agreement, which is talking about stuff like uh, collecting information whenever you open a file based on the contents of that file, and wow, uh, you know, based on your all of your searches get sent back out. Wow, it's interesting. <laughs> But it might as well just be like a mainframe. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's okay to enable Cortana. Um, the company, or Microsoft, says that it quote collects and uses various types of data, such as your device location, data from your calendar, the apps you use data from your email and text messages, who you call, your contacts, and how often you interact with them on your device, which for a phone is not a problem. For a company device, that is a huge security issue. Huh. Like in any case where you have a company device 
with sensitive information on it and it's data that you don't know the contents of which you do not know is being sent out constantly from your device that's a huge security hole but anyway maybe I'll look, I'll look at it a bit more and get a, a more um, complete view on it before talking about it just you know the way it's worded is enough of a concern that I will not be upgrading anytime soon you know, I'm okay with my personal phone having Google and stuff on it and then, you know, them knowing who my Facebook friends are and all that. That's fine. I just don't like having, you know, a work laptop or something that may have sensitive information on it, you know, for customers and lots of passwords that I don't own the rights to and stuff like that that yeah. could potentially end up in who knows whose hands. Anyway, uh, let's see. We were talking about music. Yes, but seems like this is a good segue to the game section of the podcast. No, it sounds good. Have you been playing anything this week? Um, that is a very good question. I think the answers to that is um, pretty similar to last week, I think. Um, that would be Lord of the Rings Online and... Uh, How was that? I missed that this week. Yeah. Um, so how did things go? Uh, things went pretty good. I think one of the big, um, I guess, one of the the <laughs> hallmarks for that day, that evening was, um, we had, let's see, we had like four players. We did a, a skirmish, which is an instance, um, for the listeners. It's like a, um separate instance within the game uh, and you have like you basically have like a mission to do something um, and you can have like allies like your friends playing with you um, so the cool thing about that was that um, we did like a level I think it was like a level 23 skirmish with four players but it was a six player skirmish so we were already down two players. We got through it okay. I think we died. I think we like died two times. Most of us died at least two times within that instance because um, it was just such a. It was so hard because when you when you have a skirmish that has more players than than you have, that the skirmish would be like. Basically, it was just like a, it was almost like a higher level and it was, it was harder than it would have been if we had Yeah, it's balanced for, exactly. for more people. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so it's expecting you to have that much more damage to give and that much more healing power and all that. Exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Um, all that, all that said... Basically, it went. It was pretty fun because it was kind of challenging. We had a level, I think, a level thirty player, in, uh, which was the only reason we were able to complete the skirmish. Because at the end of the game, um, we were all dead except for him, and <laughs> it was insane. But it was, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So uh, I was reading up a little bit more on Lord of the Rings Online. And I feel like, you know, it's fine right now. It's pretty decent. 
but I feel like I'm gonna get mad once you get a little further in the game because you know you hit a point where you run out of quests, and the only way you can get new quests, even as a free to play player, is to buy more. Right. Or buy access to more quests, more story mode quests, or buy access to areas I guess that have story quests in them. And the other way, other way to level up on other than that is just to grind. Which right. is a little. I don't know. I, I don't like that business model. Yeah, that's a very good point, and that was the whole. Uh, that was the whole reason for. Well, it wasn't the whole reason, but it was one of the reasons for starting a group of people um, to play together because it would be a lot quicker to be able to grind through and get enough points to buy the extra sections for free. Yeah. Well, so I guess I guess you can buy them with points. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, why not just give the players the quest? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're... There's another thing I think I think they're just they're just des- desperate for money because um, the recent thing that they're doing is or that they did was um, basically consolidate all of their server power to fewer fewer servers so they have fewer um, fewer worlds so they used to have like I don't know fifteen or twenty now they only are gonna have like eight. Or something so now they have less there's going to be a whole bunch more people on the world which i guess could be a good thing but um well short term it is but long term that means that it's dying most likely exactly which actually honestly i'm surprised it's lived this long but yeah that's true i don't know it'd be kind of cool to play for a while but i feel like we'll reach a point where it'll get boring <laughs> we may want to move on to another another game because there's so many other yeah games that are very similar that are just better better yeah like what uh well i so like the old republic for one okay is not amazing but it's better is, definitely. is that uh the star, star wars, wars one, one. Yeah. okay um but again like in the old republic kind of like in uh uh lord of the rings once you hit like level 30 or whatever it slows down real slow and the only like you still you end up having to grind a bunch although you do get you don't have to pay for access to story modes it just takes a lot longer and it it's a lot less interesting yeah but i don't know it might be worth researching to see if there's any other ones that might be fun i'm not a big mmo player in general but yeah i'm a lot more likely to pick up something like left for dead right just because you can spend a few hours in it you know just kind of run around for a bit and then be done and it it's pretty satisfying. It would be fun to play. Well, even if it wasn't an MMO, but like something like Civilization, and and just play multiplayer and um, record it, put it on YouTube. Yeah, I think we'll, that that will definitely do. We have to me me try some different things and just you know kind of experiment. I have a bunch of games. I used to play a lot of multiplayer games. We used to play a Day Defeat. I don't know if you ever played that. No. It's an old uh, Valve World War II first-person shooter, just multiplayer shooter. Just a bunch of levels, and you pick, you know, Axis or Allies, and so you're either, you know, Americans or British or, you know, Nazis or Russians or whatever. And, you know, you get the the different weapons of the time, and you run through capturing points and, you know, fighting with the enemy, 
It's good fun. Really difficult online, though. Like, it's best to play with friends. Because if you go online, the only people still playing it are the people who are really, really, really good at it. Wow. Who've been playing it since it came out. So, you know. And I'm not particularly good at the game. Like, out of my group of friends, I'm one of the better ones. But, you know, out of all the people online, I'm like the worst. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cheap, too. We should play it sometime. Add it to the list. Oh, I know what MMO we should all play. What? Because it's the, uh, the, like, my favorite MMO. I forget that it's an MMO. <laughs> uh, Planet Side 2. Okay. I know I've mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it's an MMO technically. You do level up, but it's not, the game is not about grinding. The game is about the battle. Okay. You know, there's just a battle on an entire world, an entire, you know, multiple, co- three continents, like a whole world. And the battle goes back and forth based on what faction you're in. And you just, you're a part of the battle. And as you level up, you get better gear. But as a general rule, whatever gear you start with is good enough to keep fighting. Huh. So. That sounds kind of fun. What, is it a uh, third-person shooter? It's a first-person shooter. First-person, that's good. With vehicles and all that. And that's a really solid game. It's the only, like, uh, like, or it's one of the few free-to-play games I've actually spent money in. I was going to say only, but I actually spent money in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, too. But, yeah. And, and that one, it's set up where you can convincing, you can play it free-to-play with no problem. Is it a Steam game? Most of the... Uh, it's it's through Steam, but I think you can get it without Steam, too. And it's free-to-play. And the nice thing is that all the guns are kind of side grades, so you can get a better gun, technically, that does more damage, but it'll fire slower. And all the like starting guns are good enough that you can hold your own against somebody who's been in the game for a while. On, well, on an equipment from an equipment standpoint, like they're going to be better, obviously. Right. But yeah, we should play that sometime too. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. Because that's that's a really good game. It's been out for yeah, a while, but it's still uh, pretty decent. Even, I mean, I guess I don't know what you want. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. We should try. I'll see about getting that, and we can maybe yeah. do a video or something. That's a good game. So, yeah. Um, let's see. What have I been playing this week, if anything? I don't know. Did I mention last week that I beat Blues and Bullets? Yes, I think, I I think so. Yeah, so I think that was the last thing I actually played any of. I played a little bit more Doom. Um which is my favorite game. So I just play that every once in a while. I've installed the new Brutal Doom mod, which is a mod that, you know, uh, replaces all the gun models with updated ones and um, adds, a, you know, makes a bunch of AI changes, adds a ton of blood and gore and, like, fatalities that, you know, you can shoot people's arms off, and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, it's reloading. Let's see what else. It rebalances the game, all sorts of stuff. It's a good, it's really good. But that's been out for years. I mean, both the mod and the game. The game's been out since before I was born. Wow. But yeah, I think that's about it as far as what I've been playing. Nice. Hmm. So I have an interesting topic based on something that's happened over the past few weeks. So coming up here in a few weeks 
uh, Metal Gear Solid Five will be released uh, at the beginning of September, I think. And it recently was announced that the game, which is a you know full full priced sixty dollar release, will contain microtransactions, which is a little bit interesting. What is that? Um, what is the game, or what are microtransactions? Microtransactions. What is that? Microtransactions are things like in free to play games where you can buy points to get things. Oh, uh, okay. And you can buy upgrades with real money. It's typically used in free to play games, and I don't have a problem with it in free to play games, but I definitely have a problem with it in full priced games. Yeah, that's weird. Because when you buy the game, you don't really get everything. And your experience, well, so you can still earn all the upgrades without paying for them. But the problem is, when you set up a system like that, where you can pay money to get ahead, that means the system was designed with that in mind, meaning that it's designed in a way to encourage you to spend money. Yeah. Which means that you're going to get a different experience if you only spend the $60 up front and you don't spend extra money. Yeah. And it's really, really, like, bad is the first word that comes to mind, but I'm trying to think of something better. I don't know. It's Disappointing. Well, not disappointing. It's just really, like, it's, like, nefarious, I guess. Like, it's very, very, like, it's one of those things where it's, it's very manipulative of the publisher and disrespectful to the fans because it's it's a way of saying okay so we know that you paid for this full game but if you want the real true best experience you're going to have to pay more money and it's not even like DLC where it's like oh you buy something you get more stuff to the game it's like no 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 if you don't pay us extra money it's going to take you a lot longer to get these upgrades and so I don't know the details of it but I'm just uh, like of this specifically because the game isn't out yet but there's been a few other cases of stuff like this happening um, what was the what was the other big one? There's been a couple big ones, but uh, I think it was Dead Space Three that did something similar to this. And it's just like it doesn't matter how well it's done. That's just not it's not okay. Yeah, I don't know. What's your opinion? That's what, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I would agree with that. It's really sad. It's like it's kind of um, to me. It's it would be disappointing just because. You're expecting like if if you were to expect a game, like a a sequel or something, and it said something about micropayments, then you were like, well, hang on a minute, like if the ones that before that came before didn't have micropayments, then I think that like the whole the whole model of whoever's producing the game is has changed and it's no longer about like quality and trying to like release a a game that actually makes you know the person who bought it is still having to consider paying them more money to get the full experience and try to like um i guess like earn their way toward experiencing the game as it was quote-unquote meant to be played like you said it was probably designed so that they would have to pay to get the the full experience or the better experience or whatever. Yeah, and I can't say I'm surprised. Like this is Konami that we're talking about. 
they're not exactly known for um, being good with customers or being respectful towards towards their fans. And yeah, I don't know. So in Dead Space Three, a little bit more information on that. Um, they they had ways to craft new weapons in the game, and in the third one, in order to craft, you need needed like so, some sort of resources, like these resource materials, and you had to either grind by killing enemies over and over and over and over, or you could just pay some real money. But you know the the problem is that you didn't have to do that before. Yeah. It's just man. Yeah. Well, cool. So, like, have you been? I guess you haven't been playing any other games. Are there any? Is there any other news in the the gaming game realm? I guess, so to speak. Oh, there might be. That was the main thing that I remembered. I need to take a little bit better notes because it's been a few days since I've checked on the news. Um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five trailers are out, and you know they've been talking about all that stuff. Uh, it's a bit slow. I mean, I mean, we could just make this like a shorter podcast. It'd be like ten minutes short or five minutes short, but yeah, we could try not to miss anything i don't know did i mention fig what because that's actually interesting um i kind of thought we talked about it before but it occurs to to me that we haven't so um you know kickstarter right yeah so um a few people including tim schaefer from double fine decided to start their own kickstarter like crowdfunding platform called fig which is interesting because it works kind of like Kickstarter and then it'll allow you to you know back for five dollars or whatever and it has you know the tiered stuff but if you are um I think it's like an accredited investor you can actually directly invest in the game and then receive a cut of the profits wow as well which is interesting but so this partially seems like a great idea, but it also seems like a legal nightmare. Because what happens if it falls through and you lose all your money? What happens when stuff like happens like happens on Kickstarter where people will, you know, try to they'll back and then the credit card will bounce or, you know. Um I and I guess with the investment stuff it's a little bit different because you have to be an accredited investor, so you'll have to have at least a million dollars in net worth or have a reported income of at least 200 K over the previous two years. Uh, but, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd just be curious to hear how the, you know, the percentage expenses are, co- or the percentage of the profits are calculated and, you know, it just seems like a way riskier way to invest in things. So this um, this is just for games, or is it for any other crowdfunding? I I'm not sure. I think right now it's just games. Let's see. Hmm. 
supposedly it exists, but I'm having a hard time finding it. Oh, here we go. I think it's just for games. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's... So, according to their website, Fig is a curated platform for funding and developing games with the direct support of passionate players like you. Their platform brings together rewards-based crowdfunding and investing to create a more balanced and sustainable approach to game development. Yeah, specifically for games. Nice. Um, yeah. So, what I'm curious about is how the percentage of the sales are calculated. Yeah. You know, you know what? What if you you know if you invest a thousand dollars, and then you're getting a certain percentage cut. And then somebody else, you know, invests a million dollars. Do they suddenly get all the cut, and you get like next to nothing? Or yeah, it'd be interesting. That'd be kind of. I mean, I can see how it would be beneficial for like a game setting, but like, it'd be kind of interesting. Uh, it's just like for me, I'd be kind of hesitant to like give a percentage of my profits away. Yeah, it's okay. So the the way that it's managed is really weird too, because normally, like when you invest in the games company, like you you then have like equity in the company. So, like you 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 know you're making you make money when they make money, and like they owe you money, like um something to that effect. I don't know a ton about it, but in this case, the weird way that it works is you only the only thing you have a right to is an interest in the share a share of the game's sale. And the way that they do that is when they set up an LLC, which is limited liability company, the investors hold an interest in the LLC that's tied to the game, but not the L- not the actual development company. Hmm. So if the company takes the money from the, you know, platform, spends most of it on a different game still puts out the game they were supposed to put out, but it makes no money, then you get nothing. Are you I mean you get less money than you would have otherwise. Wow. And you don't own any of the game's IP or anything. Wow. So I don't know. It just seems like you're getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. So you have to make sure you're investing in something that you think is is gonna Yeah, well I just uh, I, I I'm not sure there's as much of a benefit for the like the, it seems like you're taking more risk as an investor than you would otherwise, because you're not investing in the company; you're investing in that specific game. You know, and if you're investing in the company, then you know if that game does well and the next game does well, then you're doing better. Yeah, it seems really, really risky. Hmm. But then again, I'm not an investor, so I'm. I don't know. I think the idea is good. I think in practice, it might not be as good. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot else not a lot else going on, I don't think. But yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Anything else you wanna talk about? Well, I think that's it for me too. Alright. Cool stuff. Well, if people want to find your music or things that you say, where can they find you? I think I just wanna Give up my Twitter username, which is Zachary Bruno, and you can find that. Um, I guess 
are you posting links, Jordan? Or yeah, um, well, not to the Twitters. I mean, you can just search for those. But uh, this, some of the stuff we talked about, I'll post links to. Okay, so yeah, um, feel free to find me on Twitter at Zachary Zachary Bruno, and um, you can find me on SoundCloud. Um, I should have a an account there. Um, my latest project is Koi Reef, so you can go check that out if you want. Um, yeah. What about you, Joel? Cool. So if people want to find me, they can find me at Lytle Jordan on Twitter, which is L-Y-T-L-E-J-O-R-D-A-N. And uh, if you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, you can find them at CollectedNonsense.com or search for Collected Nonsense on iTunes. And that's about it. Uh, we may, hopefully, we'll have a YouTube channel here pretty soon and we'll maybe yeah. we'll post some videos of us playing games and talking about them. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks for talking. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, man. Next week. <laughs>